Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Jones, host of Power Up Your Business podcast. In this episode, I'm speaking to another Matt Jones, owner of the Site Shed, dedicated for tradies, as well as owning and operating another business called Tradie Web Guys, helping tradies get in the digital marketing space. You know, you're either green or growing, or you're ripe and rotting. Like, what do you want to be? Hear more from Matt on this episode of Power Up Your Business podcast. Power Up Your Business podcast, brought to you by The Cube. See your business clearly. Plan your future. Realize your dreams. The Cube is the leading business intelligence platform connecting your data, team, and insights so you know where you're going and exactly how to get there. To understand how The Cube can work for you, go to www.thecube.network and click Request a Demonstration. Here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come to realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Power Up Your Business podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones, and I'm here with my co-host, Craig Bush-Markham. G'day, Jonesy. Great to be here. And today, very, very special guest, someone we've got a lot in common. Not only do we have the same names in Matt Jones, but Matt Jones is a plumber. He was on the tools for 15 years. He then made that transition off the tools in 2011 and started up Tradie Web Guys, focused on the tradies market get them onto a digital platform. He then started the Site Shed podcast in 2016, which is now the biggest tradie podcast in Australia and getting reach now overseas and it is internationally recognised with over 130 podcasts to date. And ultimately, one of the key things that, you know, well, I've done a lot of work with with Matt over a long period of time is that he is a tradie evangelist. He does want the tradie business owners to operate uh, more successfully and help them transition from the stone age into the digital age. So welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me. Very exciting, very exciting. What a flattering intro. Very flattering intro. Big, big shoes to fill, Matty. <laughs> There's two Matt Joneses. I don't know who to look at. Oh, I know. I know. It's a classic. Every time we do these interviews, it's uh, it's always interesting introducing yourself to yourself. And both plumbers and, you know what, both professional podcasters. That's right. Wow. And both good looking. Yeah, well, devastatingly. In the podcast scene, you guys would definitely be great shoe yeah, models. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that or full face hell, helmet marketing, I've, I've been told. Good, good, for, uh, good for work safety. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things that we're about here, it's all about business change. And one of the things we try and do with our listeners here is that they can relate to a story of change. One of the things, which is no mean feat, and I can attest to that, is making that change from the trade to the business world. Being comfortable, and then from my perspective, one of the things that I was very comfortable with for a long period of time was to be good at the job, good on the tools, get the job done. Mm. It's a totally different mindset when we go to business, and that's one thing we see time and time again where a lot of businesses struggle because the owner is good on the tools but not good on the business. From your point of view, that catalyst for change in 2011 from the the tools to the business, what really drove that? It was more of a um, an observation, I think. So- as you know, going through uh, your trade, doing your apprenticeship, all that kind of stuff, you go to TAFE and you learn, I suppose, the basic skills of what you then need to go and apply on the job in order to get good at your trade. But one thing they don't tell you is how to run a business. Well, I mean, they do. I think there's like a six-week 
course where they teach you how to write a business letter or something garbage. I don't think anyone turned up for those that no, six weeks either. No, and I don't think you needed to, to be honest. It was an absolute bloody joke. But anyway, I think that's kind of the problem with the current model is, you know, they teach you the trade. At the end of it, you've got your license and it's like, well, off you go. Go run a business if you want. And um, the reality is you don't know how to run a business. And so the whole idea behind sort of what I've been setting up over the years was kind of to help people, especially with the site shed, is to help people like yourself get a bit more knowledge in that area. And so we do focus largely on the digital side of things, but not entirely on the digital side of things. So that shift for me, stepping away from the tools and stepping into what I do now, it was more about being able to give back to that industry because like... Clearing block drains is great, but it's not as rewarding as being able to help people grow their business. That was kind of where I'm at. Matty, as, as a plumber and a former plumber, when you talk about making the transition, when you look back, what's the one thing you see that's a commonality amongst plumbers that they just always seem to do? Because it's a common story amongst all trades. I, I just think it's education. Like, you don't know what you don't know. You're not expected to know it. Like, you have no way of learning this stuff unless you go out there and you have a vested interest in, you know, finding, seeking the right help. And so I think it's growing now and, you know, with the entrance of podcasting and all this kind of stuff, people are starting to take an interest and there's people out there that are wanting to help. And if you're looking for help, you can get it. Like people that are listening to this podcast, they're the type of people that want the help and they're looking for it. People that don't listen to the podcast and they want to go and listen to Nova, um, <laughs> you know, that, then that's not the type of people that- we're... Well, they get they get education, but it's just a Kardashian education. Yeah, it's just advertisements. I love ads. Now, before we go into the podcast, I want to dive into that, but- Taking a step back in the the digital space where you're helping yep. tradies transition from a yep. notepad onto a digital framework, i.e. websites, mm-hmm. what's one of the biggest roadblocks you're finding to get that successful transition so that a business owner can actually understand why they need to go a digital platform? It's been a and is constantly a work in progress. So um, this is not like a destination. It's a bit of a journey. And so we're always learning new things. And see, the thing is as well, right? People will come to it. Like they'll ring me and they'll say, oh, you know, I want a website. I'll need a new website. I'll say, okay, cool. Let's have a look at your current website. So what's wrong with the current website? Well, it doesn't get me any leads. Okay, well, and this is the thing, right? There's buzzwords and there's keywords and people, they think they know what they want, but they don't actually know what they want. So you've got to go through this process then of helping them understand what they're actually figuring out, diving in deep enough into what they actually need to figure out what that goal is and then trying to build the solution around it because they might be familiar with the term SEO or AdWords or websites, but they'll come to you and say, I want this, but it's not going to help them get to where they want to go. It's what I've coined the digital ecosystem. You've kind of got to understand how everything ties in together and you've got to understand how your website will help your conversions for your Facebook marketing campaigns and how your um, your SEO or your content on your website affects your rankings on the Google search platforms and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think there's really like any one thing or one big problem that I have that I come across. It's really now we've sort of got to the point where we've really got good at diving deep enough to figure out what the actual, what they want and how to give them that result. Because that's one thing, because some people can be, get bogged down. Again, I'll talk to a mate at the pub, I'll talk to someone at the Reese counter, and you need a new website, mate. Okay, I need to go get a website. And what we find, again, in that trading mindset, but we turn the trading mindset, it's all about today. I just need it today. Whereas what we try and get them to do is take a breath, stand back, 
and look at the big picture. Right. Because it's like, who do you want to actually attract on that website? Right. Who are the people that you're talking to? Who do you understand and who are you, what we term, the masters of their problem? Because too many times when you're in the trading mindset, you're trying to do the scattergun approach and try and be all things to all people. Right. And you're not being nothing to anyone. 100%. And that's, that's one of the key problems is, so before we try and talk about marketing, Who's your core business? Who actually loves what you do and appreciates what you do? And more importantly, are happy to pay yeah. for your service and your expertise. And that's what I find a lot of the time is people don't stop to try and craft. Actually, yeah, let's put a, a message around it, that appropriate business owner that they want to attract. Because ultimately, this is where we talk about playing a big game. As a business owner, I tend to hear your thoughts on this, Matt, but as a business owner, I'm in a lot for a long game. I'm in this for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I want to build a brand and I want to have a lifetime journey and relationship as opposed to trading mindset. It's all about today, this transaction, and hope to God I get through Christmas. Yeah, I think what um, a lot of business owners, and this is not trade specific by any measure, but I think a lot of business owners don't understand that their business at the end of the day is a direct reflection of themselves. And, you know, if you don't have that brand that's professionally representing your business, then it is a reflection on you. And so it's important for me, like when I'm talking to clients or potential clients or, you know, even just teaching in one way or another, um, it's important that people understand that customer journey and how important it is to have those ducks in line. And so when people come, you know, to us and they say, oh, I want, I want more leads, the first thing we do is we look at what's going to happen in that lead process. So when people, we get them more leads, what happens when they land on that website? Is it going to convert? It's a paradigm in the thinking that a lot of people need to understand. If your website's converting at 2% and if you're spending $1,000 on ads, if you can raise your conversion on that website to 4% and you're still spending $1,000 on ads, you've got 100% improvement on your marketing budget and all you've done is change the website. You're not spending any more money. You've just improved the conversion. So it's a paradigm in the thinking. Matty, what are some of the challenges? I mean, you can sort of picture it and you can visualize it. I mean, James, you're alluding, or both of you alluded it before. People just focus on the now and, you know, what colors am I going to have? And what about my logo? And how does my front page look? Mate, that photo's no good. I need one of me digging up a sewer. All the things that are, I suppose, intangible, they need to focus, as you're saying, on the strategy. And to say that you're going to improve two percent actually sounds terrible but when you actually look back that's a hundred percent improvement those little goals if you like or kicking the can is amazing what are the biggest challenges you have with plumbers to get them to realize that to be honest we don't really have a challenge communicating that when you communicate it like that they understand it and it makes sense to them you know so there's so many little things that's one example of you know dozens and dozens that i could dive into but it's just about communicating with them on their level. And I think that's another really important thing. And you would, Matt, you would know for sure as well. You know, it's, it's when you're talking with trade based businesses, you kind of need to know how to speak their language. They're not going to go for the polished, uh, you know, refined sort of communication pattern. They want to be spoken to in language that they understand. Too many people throw out a jargon or an acronym or some no, corporate speak that's not relatable. And we see it time and time again where a lot of, trade business owners will talk to a website guy or an accountant and it's, they're talking a language they can't understand. And one thing that we're about, and this is the whole thing, it's about being relevant. Then the key thing that we, we both share, because we've walked in their shoes, we understand their story. That's what I love when I do workshops uh, or events. People come up to me afterwards and say, have you been a fly on the wall? Have you been following me around? Everything you've said is exactly me to a T. I said, no, I've just actually walked in your shoes for a long period of time. Now, coming back to the the podcast, moving into the podcast, and because this is a 
you know, it's a great medium now. And, you know, we hear from a lot of tradie business owners and business owners in, owners in general, they're time poor, but podcasts and the audio works in really well in terms of it's a good medium they're driving to work. What was the big driver for you to move into the podcast other than obviously increase your reach? Uh, and obviously make a greater impact, but what was that key driver that you see? And more importantly, to two-fold question one, moving into that space and then for you to try and power up your podcast business, what do you see? What are you going to be working on just from your own business point of view? Well, the podcast really was a um, – you basically hit the nail on the head. It was a way that we could impact more people, so it get more reach, you know, get the message out there to more people, and that's really where it started. And that that still is the fundamental – backbone of the site shed like that is there to reach more people and to impact people positively so that will continue to be the driver and i think as well with any sort of content marketing related strategy that has to be the backbone it's got to be you know it's got to be valuable content that people are going to get benefit from otherwise it's dead in the water doing my little bit of research you say that people come here for the content but stay for the community yeah I'm a podcaster myself with uh, with Silky, my partner, and I understand podcasting. I think what you do empowers people. So let's focus on that. Content's one thing. How important is community to the brand of the Sot Shed? Yeah, no, they, it is, and it, it's a big thing. So um, the community, like, they'll hear the podcast and they'll come to – they'll listen to it and they'll enjoy it, and then they'll find their way back to our community, whether that's our Facebook group or whatever it is, where they can become part of a ridiculously amazing conversation. The caliber of the people that are in that group and collaborating on those conversations is what keeps people there. Like, it's really powerful. How do you structure – where does it start? How do you set this up? I mean, you've got some plumber out there that says, mate, I can contribute, I can do things here. What what if he wants to go ahead and say, right, I want to talk about – you know, he might niche it down to block trains. And we encourage that. So when we invite people into our community, we put, we put them through, I suppose, like a questionnaire and we make them answer questions to come into the group. And some of those questions are, you know, what are your pain points? <laughs> and so when they're coming into the group, we kind of know what their problems are. And then we encourage them. We say, hey, listen, ask some questions in the group. And then they do. And then you've got a collective group of thousands of people from around the world in different markets, same industry, maybe slightly cross industry, but different markets around the world. Like that's pretty powerful. You're learning from people all around the world that have a lot of experience in these areas, so it's really cool. The, the reach is a massive thing at the moment, where people often we found in the in the you know, back in the day, if they're talking about community in their local environment, some people are not too big on sharing, or they're fearful yeah. of someone maybe taking it away. Yeah. But now in this global age, we are in a global world where community is the world. A lot more people are happy to share, and I think that's where a lot of tradie business owners in the past have struggled to, yeah. no, it's my business, I'm, I don't want to share yeah. with anything and no one knows my gig. Yeah, it's a agree. herbs and spices sort of mentality, isn't it? That's a conversation that I regularly have when we try and help business owners implement systems like processes into their business because they go down, this, I say, you've got to get this out of your head and turn it from intellectual knowledge into intellectual property and you have to document this. That's how you're going to train your staff. And they go, well, what happens if somebody, you know, what happens if they read my systems and then they go take them elsewhere? And I'm like, well, you know, what's that saying? Like, what's more costly? Is it to train your staff or not train them? Like, and that's one of the, the key things we talk about, which is, is success cycle. It's a success cycle where as a business owner, your number one priority is to focus on process first. Yeah. As opposed to being a firefighter where you just jump in and micromanage issues with the customer. Right. And it's easy as business owners, and we all do it. I still do it. Um, like there's no – I'm definitely not perfect at it, but, you know, it's it's easy for us to – a task pops up and we know how to do it so we go and do it instead of creating a process on it. 
that can train somebody else on how to do it. It might take you three times as long to do that task if you create a process, but you may not have to ever, ever do it again, you know. <laughs> and then that's the thing. That's the thing about the playing the big game. Yeah. And that's where you're in the business mindset. You know, I don't want to answer this same question again. Right. For right. the next 10 years. Right. So I'm happy to spend a day out of my business. It's not not losing money, which a lot of people think, oh, if I spend a day out of my business, I'm going to lose money. Right. Dude, you know, they say, Jones, you haven't got the time. You know, it's going to yeah. cost me money. Mate, you've <clears> got to do this. And that's the, that's what I'm so passionate about. And I shake people around the, one of our premises is you've got to change your thinking. Yeah, yeah that's right. And, and so, I mean, we've gone to the point now where we've even created like a custom – like a platform for tradies to go and create systems and processes for themselves, like a platform they can own and they can take charge of that. Like that's how <laughs> important we, you know, we feel. We feel. What's that called, that platform? Well, it's built, we call it our wiki. It's the Tradie Web Guys wiki, but you basically companies can come and they can buy that. It's all set up. It's got the whole, the whole process platform built for them. All they need to do is then go in there and put their own systems into it. Hmm. So, where, so they, where do they find that one? tradiewebguys.com.au forward slash systems. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, we will put that in the show notes. It's great. It, it, it's uh, we built it off um, off a framework that's owned by Google, so it's all it's all hosted on Google servers, which makes it very cloud based and reliable. Easy access. Look, yeah. It's the number one thing where a lot of people struggle to get the procedures down pat, and I'm sure the listeners will testify. It's just yeah. like, yes, it's hard. And yeah. the one thing that we see time and time again, and, and I was stuck there when I was operating my gig. It's just like, why don't people think like me? Yeah, you know, you're never going to replicate that. That reason is is education because you've been there and you've invested in yourself and you've learnt these things and there are people out there that want to do the same, which is where we come into play. Perfect segue into my question. So I'm going to address you as guest Matt Jones, not to confuse our <laughs> listener. Special guest Matt Jones as opposed to host Matt Jones. Okay. Special guest Matt Jones, how much barrier to entry? It strikes me that you would have a lot of plumbers coming based on the conversation we just had over the last couple of minutes going, yeah, yeah, Jonesy, but I've got this secret recipe and I don't want to let go. And then they come around again and they have another chat. What is it for you to convert them to get onto it? Because you say the site shed on your website, you say site sheds for action takers, and I love that, which means people that are willing to let go and invest in themselves, that's how I take it. And if it's you, I see you on the inside. Yeah. So how many touch points do you have to have with some people, not all, Well, to get them to the point where they go, Jonesy, I think you're right? It's a good question. And to be honest with you, it varies a lot because um, – Obviously, with the podcast, you know, if people have been listening to the podcast a long time- It's they, an easier conversion. They know, it? like, and trust us. Yeah. And that was part of the reason why we did it. It was a way that people can know, like, and trust us as an authority in that market. Credibility. Yeah. yeah credibility. Yeah. And, and, and I, speak, I think the community, I think you raise a really, really key point. If there's a tradie out there listening to this, this is an interview with someone who's walked in their shoes. I love what you said, Matt Jones host, walking in the shoes, and Matt Jones, special guest- has also walked in the shoes of a plumber. So we're not talking to two people here that have come from the outside as business consultants. We're talking to a couple of guys that have done their apprenticeship, done the TAFE course, made the same mistakes that you've made, and now it's you guys have risen yourself out. So it leads me on my next question. What got you there? What got you to stop being the plumber? How did you manage to educate yourself? What was the, the critical point? I spent a couple of years, well, three years travelling, um, you know, the standard Australian pilgrimage, North America, Europe, that kind of thing. And while I was away, I started reading and um, I really took an interest in books and business books. And so when I got back to Australia, I was sort of in that mindset of, well, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that. And a lot of people don't and I appreciate that. Yep. Um, however, I quite enjoyed it. And so that sort of got me thinking, to be honest with you, every book I read and read, I, I think I became more and more unemployable. <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> got to do it yourself. Right. 
And so anyway, then I, I found myself in a, in a sales and marketing role for a plumbing organization. We were bringing in um, technology out of Europe and selling it to plumbers predominantly throughout Asia Pacific. And it was high ticket product investment for them. I just noticed at that point that there were so many people that really had no idea. They'd go and spend, you know, 300,000 bucks on a setup and they didn't know how to market it. And I thought, mm, okay, so this is going to be a problem for them. So how do, how do we then, I suppose, get them to that point where they've got the, the equipment, the technology and all the stuff they need to do the job, but now we need to make sure they're getting it in front of the right message in front of the right people. That was a relatively easy segue in the sense that I could see there was a problem there. Like it was, it was apparent that segue into that business that was quite easy based off the fact that I sort of already knew that that was it was valid, like there was a need for it. And then the rest of it, it kind of again, it sort of evolved through observation. Yep. So, okay, now we're ed- obviously educating people, we're running workshops, we're getting good feedback from you know the web design side of things. How can we impact more people? Well, let's try podcasting. Do tradies listen to podcasts? Probably not. There might be five percent of them back then that did, but now. That 5% of people that listen to podcasts were the 5% that I wanted to be talking to. Yeah. Okay? Because I don't, I don't want to waste my time with Action people. That well, exactly. Yeah. So, it's a good filter as well. And but, and it's a testament to the community we've built. Like, the people that are in that community, they're all very like-minded and they're all action takers. So, the conversations that are in there are excellent. That's got nothing to do with me. And even, to be fair, the podcasts themselves have nothing to do with me. Like, it's who you have on the show. It's, it's their stories. People don't want to hear me crap on about how to build a website and all that sort of stuff. People don't care. People want to hear success stories or they want to hear from people that are really good at what they do. And that's really what has grown that brand or grown the entire brand, both businesses really. Have you got a favorite book? Um, I do have a favorite book actually. It's um, a book by Florence Litow, which <laughs> Matt's pointing at his own book. It's a cracking book, by the way. You should definitely go and read uh, oh, Power Up Your Trade Business. Yeah, it did well. They didn't even have to read it. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Power um, of business. <laughs> uh, no, it's a book uh, by Florence Litow called Personality Plus, and it's a book on personality profiling, and that book changed my life. People have books they gift away beyond their own, <laughs> and that's I've given that. I used to buy that book in boxes in the case, and I used to give it away to people. Wow. And yeah. it just talks about working with different people and the it, four different personality types. Or Yes. What it taught me was um, there's a few different things. It's actually a, a, an ancient uh, it's not ancient. It, it, it dates back to Greek mythology, that, that whole mindset of people falling into a combination of four different personality patterns. But understanding, first of all, your personality and why you annoy people so much. I actually released a podcast, well, it was probably a year ago, but it was called Understanding Why You Annoy People So Much. And I was talking about some of these principles. But when you do understand that, like I realized why I pissed people off so much. So when you, when you understand... Uh, your personality it makes it a lot easier to communicate with different types of personalities like you understand how to speak to them differently like if it's an analytical person they want to hear things about figures and that kind of thing if you want to you know if you're the, the party type of personality don't start talking figures the key thing about that personality it's about getting the right person in the right role often a lot of people yes. are well that's right as well put yep. into a role that they shouldn't be there. They're not productive. And that's when a lot of people say, oh, this person's no good or they've got no idea. But if you put them in the right role, they can thrive. Exactly. And this comes back to it's all about yeah. understanding that everyone's different and how do you approach people differently. Too quickly, and I was back in the tradie day and that tradie mindset, it's too easy to say, oh, this bloke's an idiot. 
move on. Yeah, and you're the idiot. Yeah, and you're the idiot. That's yeah. right. So it's all about that's the whole thing about we as business owners need to get a community of a team on board that are engaged uh, and put the right people in the right place. That's one of the key things. And the key question now, and this is just relates directly to your business. Okay, so we see it. We're in a time now where things are changing rapidly in that the world that we live. Yeah. Business is moving fast. Technology. We've got a lot of competition. The barriers to entry are quite low. It's not hard to yeah. you know, be certified right now. Customers expect plenty. Okay, and we see. I love saying when we're doing a tradie workshop, where your customer will see a couple of seasons of the block, and they're very happy to tell you how long it's going to take and what they're going to charge. Right, right. So they know it all. Customers yeah. know it all. <laughs> We've got high compliance. Okay, very high compliance. So the That's cost. It's a boomer. Of- it's a great point, isn't it? Hundred percent. Everyone thinks they're. My wife, she thinks she's a doctor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's amazing. So there's compliance. The cost. The cost of doing business is tough. Then the fourth thing is too. Then the cloud, the, the technology, like what we're playing now and where you're playing in the digital platform, is changing all the time. So, Matty, from your point of view, how are you going to position your business next year, year after, next decade, to ensure that you remain relevant in a very hotly contested space? So I would argue that it's not very hotly contested because there's a lot of people out there. I mean, sure, there's web, there's web designers, there's marketing agencies, but there's not really a lot of people that focus exclusively on the niche. So, yeah, I mean, there's people that do the same thing, but they don't – it's not like their driver, you know. And, and staying relevant is about evolution. You've got to evolve. Like, like you said, you know, the landscape of business is changing. And I don't know if that's necessarily – it's changing more today than it was 20 or 30 years ago. It's just different, right? Like now, we move, now we're moving online. I mean, I'm sure they had problems back then as well. You know, like, wow, look at this. This is a, look, check out this phone book. This is amazing. You can put your phone numbers in a phone book. Like, can you imagine how much of a re- revelation that would have been back in the day? A little bit of a revelation too when uh, Henry Ford came up with the automobile. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it just changes and you've just got to be, as a, as a business owner, any business owner, doesn't matter what industry or niche you're in, like you're either green or growing or you're ripe and rotting. Like what do you want to be? You've got to keep moving. I like that. I love what you said about the niche and that's where a lot of tradie business owners, they struggle to get a real niche. They yes. try and be all things to all people. Yes. They say yes to everyone because they think if I say no, then they're not going to get the next job. But unfortunately, the old mindset, they try and please everyone. The people that don't please is generally their family and themselves. Yeah. And from a marketing point of view, there is nothing more painful than when somebody, when, you know, when we're trying to build a web project or a marketing strategy or something like that for a company and they say, you know, we say, what do you want to, what do you want to do? And they say, well, I want to be, plumbing's my game, right? Okay, cool. So what do you specialize in? Well, everything. I do everything. Like, what do you mean you do everything? Oh, I do, you know, maintenance and I do construction and I do new homes and I do tap washers and I do all this kind of stuff. And you get, from a marketing point of view, how the hell are you going to, who are you targeting that marketing towards? And I've been saying this for years. If you can niche yourself in something, it doesn't mean that you only have to do that. But what it does mean is that you will get your foot in the door with that certain thing and then you get the opportunity to sell into other areas. 100%. It's amazing that try and be all things to all people. <clears throat> and that's that thing where, Generally, when you try to be all things well, people, you are going to compete on price a lot. Right. Why? Because you're not seen as an authority. You're not an expert. This comes back to your website. You've got to speak to that profitable client. We talk to a lot of clients. I say, who's your most profitable market? And they say, oh, X. And then we look at the numbers. Their numbers, their profitability is down. That's actually that type of client is costing them money. But because they're busy, because that client has them on their beck and call, they think automatically that they're the best clients. Yeah. And don't and don't be afraid to fire the client. Like I sacked one last week. I just love it. It's the best. How yeah. empowering is it? How, fired. How, how did you do it? Let, let's get to that point because- Look, it was coming. It's nerve-wracking. 
No, not at all. I've done it enough. I, I love it. For you. Yeah, but for the average plumber out there who listen to these podcasts. Yeah, for the average business gonna, owner, it's tough. For the, for the, let's just say for the novice, the guy's complaint, Jonesy, this client drives me crazy. Well, I don't know what to do. What's the advice? So this has been a conversation that's been happening in our group only last week, actually. And um, it's really important as business owners. And yes, so it is tricky if you're running a business and maybe you're just getting started. And look, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Like back, you know, when you're getting started- you often just take work because you need it. Like, you know what I mean? You don't take it because you necessarily yeah, want you've got it. you got to get started somewhere. Right. So I think like an important exercise for people out there that are listening to this would be get an idea and write this sort of stuff down. Get like a profile down. Profile the type of customer you'd like to work for. Profile the type of jobs that you would like to be doing and then build, I suppose, a service or build your offering around that and take that to market. Don't go out there with a shotgun approach and just – go, okay, we, we do all this sort of stuff. Like really think about what's the profitable jobs for you? Where's the money? What are you good at, importantly? And what problems are you an expert at solving? Right. And this as well, this applies to people that are already in business and they're looking at ways that, like you were saying before, they're being too much to everybody within their own company. Like as business owners, they're they're playing in the accounting, they're playing in their marketing, they're playing in their- Wearing multiple um, hats. Right. They're taking the calls, they're dispatching, they're doing all this stuff. Firing right? and firing. Exactly. So, you've got to sit back and you've got to assess where is your time best spent within your organization and likewise, where is your time best spent you know, for your customers and then you can figure out a way from there to either outsource the other tasks or- where we're talking about targeting marketing towards that certain niche and that certain customer because that that profiling, that will dictate your marketing if you're doing it properly. It will dictate your language on your website. It will dictate your logo design. It will dictate everything. If you're designing, you know, if you've like a, say you're a home automation specialist, you know, you're not going to go out there with a traditional looking brand that speaks to 90-year-old. The Stone Age. Right. So, all this stuff is relevant and it's all part of your message and your brand. For the listeners, this is how one of the key things we work on profiling, A, B, C, three key things we work on profiling. Number one is what is the gross profit that that customer delivers? Yeah. Two, are they good payers? Do they pay on time? And then three, do they refer great work? Right. So, if they tick those boxes, they're very profitable, they pay on time and they refer good work within within your community, then they're A game. And I would say that probably the last two of those- would come down to, as the business owner, the way that you handle system that system and that process. So, are they a good payer? Okay, well, what systems have you got in place to ensure that they're paying on time and they're sticking to those payment schedules? Like, if you just send out an invoice to somebody and they don't pay it and you go, oh, no, crap client, they don't pay, is it really their fault or is it the fact that you're not following it up properly? Yeah, they need the process first. Right. And and the same would apply to- And that comes down to, are you efficient at right. delivering that work? Being busy doing a lot of work, but you're clunky at doing it. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And this is what I'm saying, you know, like figure out what you're actually good at so you can offload what you're not good at. That third thing where I come down to, which is referring work is critical, which a lot of people don't take into consideration because I'm talking about- you need to be working with brand advocates. You need to work with brand advocates that actually get and appreciate what you deliver. Yeah. Those brand advocates will actively be telling people at, at the barbecue, go talk to Jonesy because he's a freak. Right. You can still work with people who are potentially good profit, pay on time, but they don't really get the value that you deliver. 
yeah. they're not going to extend your mark as your degree. Most businesses, word of mouth is critical in terms of getting that brand advocacy because I see it time and time again where I'll be in a room full of 30 traders said, how's business? They all go flat out. B- business is booming. Can't keep yeah. up with the leads. Can't keep up with the referrals. And then I'll say, how's your cash flow? Shit house. Yeah. How's your profitability? I'm struggling. I'm yeah. Hand to mouth. Can't keep up. Well, straight away, you're getting the wrong type of referrals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And this is a key thing where they're the type of A-grade clients. Again, we're playing a long game here. It's not about getting a lead to be busy today. I want to build a relationship that I am with you for the next 30 years. Yeah. Gents, can I ask you both then another question on profiling? I think you raised a really good point about uh, personality before. Jonesy, you talk about profits or, or gross profits, and then we talk about profiling customers. Is it important for traders to profile their own team and contractors? Absolutely. Uh, equal to, it's one thing to profile your customers, but also you've got to have the right team on board, and that gets back to I'd have say, we got the right system? I'd say it's more important. You can break down an employment agreement and all these company policies to that the one document I'm a big believer in, which is the way we do it here. Number one, these are our values. This is how we roll on a date. This is what we believe in. This is how it dictates our behaviours. Number two, this is our customer promise. As an example, you know, one call and it's done. Do we believe we're going to deliver that? And then also our vision. You know, what's our purpose that we're trying to attain? Because I think I'm a big one. You know, hire on attitude and train for skill. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to a degree. Yeah. I mean, a prime example of that would be, and we get people all the time, you know, offering like marketing services and things like wanting to work with us. I don't give a shit if you've got a marketing degree. Like, show me what you can do. Do you know what I mean? Results. So, that comes results. down to the attitude, doesn't it? it that, resu- that it's it's results driven, right? And so it's a little bit different with plumbing because you obviously have to have an, you have to have a certain Skills, level yeah. of skill. However, I hundred percent agree. Like I'd rather take an, an average plumber with the right attitude than a gun plumber with a shit attitude. And I've been in organisations where you've got a star on the tools, but he's a cancer for the hundred percent culture. Yep, and it's common. Mm. And often, often those people are the worst because they've got that I'm better than everyone attitude. Yeah, the boss is a dickhead. Yeah, and then he can infiltrate the whole team. Right. Right. I'm going to tell you the takeaway I, I got as a, as a businessman on a journey as well, and I, what I love about being the co-host on the Power Up Your Business, Your Trading Business podcast, mate, I've learned so much just talking to you in this last 40 minutes. Wait for the invoice. You know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that because it gets straight to Jonesy <laughs> after I had mine. But seriously, I mean, where's the starting point? I mean, you talk about just on this particular topic, we talk about profiling the customer. Is that first? Because we've spent so much time on process, do we get our process bedding down? Because you make a great point. Is he not paying because I haven't got my processes right? Is it process, then profile, then personality? This, I'd say, first of all, for all the listeners out there, if you're that type of person that thinks they're a shit customer, this guy's a shit employee, for these projects, I keep getting a shit, the problem's not them. The problem's you. Yeah, look in so, the mirror. Yeah, hundred percent. You got to look the truth head on. You know, so you're in charge of this at the end of the day. Like you can't, you can go and blame everything you want. Oh, the economy, the you know Donald Trump, Donald Trump, all this sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, you're in control of it. Like you build your own economy. But just on that, and this is the thing about processes, and you, you know, talk about as an example collection. Now, if right. you're if you're trying to be all things to all people, all different customer types, every different customer's got a different terms or different way to collect cash. Mm. Commercial client is totally different to a residential client. Yes. Mum and dad is different to a builder. Maintenance work is different to project work. And this is the key thing. You're going to be clunky if you're trying to be all things well people because you're not going to have a tight process. But the irony is, well, for a lot of these things, like when we're talking about these processes and payments and that payment process, that kind of thing, I would say, honestly, 95% of that 
I reckon you can automate. I don't care. It doesn't matter what sort of your client you're dealing with. It might be a builder, project work. It could be residential maintenance, yeah, whatever cool, it is. 100%. That process, the follow-up process, all that kind of stuff, for the better part, can be automated. 100%. Would you agree if you're doing 10 different types of clients? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. 100%. If you, that's what, that's yeah. the whole thing about focus. Yeah. If I've got one focus, just automate it and nail it spot on. Yeah. I mean, look, that- if you're trying to be everything to everyone, then you've got, like, we're not just talking about chasing bills. Like, you, this is applicable. You need to have Profile. multiple vertical profiles for every single area of your business. Like, it just turns into Entering a complete a shit fight. So, right. yeah, you know, you, you're definitely right there. That's why I think niching is, is definitely where it's at. Finishing up now, what's the best piece of advice you can give to a budding? entrepreneur and just so your listeners we're talking about entrepreneur if you are a tradie right now and you're about to start a business we're framing you as an entrepreneur what's the best bit of advice that you would give to someone starting out right now they've been journeyman for a couple of years what would you sort of give to someone oh man there's so many be careful who you listen to and be wary of specialists (laughs) that's always a bit of a catch cry for me when you say be wary of specialists in what way well so for example you know if you go to a uh, seo specialist and you're trying to sell e-commerce products, you're not leaving with AdWords campaign, you're going to be leaving with SEO. So just be wary, I suppose, of who you speak to. And there's a lot of information out there. Just find the right stuff. And that's the reason why we run the, run the podcast and I'm very selective with guests that we get on the show. Like, I just want to explore that a bit better, Jonesy, because I'm getting a lot of niche education here for our plumbers to niche everything down. And specialist and niche, to me, are very, very closely aligned. So how do you differentiate the niche from a specialist? When we're talking niching, we're really targeting a vertical, right? But when I'm talking about like a specialist, I'm talking about people that – you know, off, offer you one solution but don't consider an ecosystem, like that ecosystem that it's at play. This is the partners that the, the business owner needs to engage to help them. Yep. Yeah. And what we often, yeah, someone will go to a website guy, get the website. They'll go to someone to give them their, their marketing, then they'll get a nice little brochure, then they'll go to someone else, SEO, and nothing is integrated and it's all very clunky and generally it costs a lot of time, money and that's right. And if you do it in the wrong order, you know, as using that example, you might go and have a lovely website built and then you go to a marketing person, they go, that's great, but we, this is garbage. We can't use this for marketing. Like this is a low converting web page. It's got no, no landing pages. So, you know, as a business owner, you've kind of got to be, you take this information on board or just deal with someone who knows what they're talking about. And, but you've got to find those people. So, and that's a hard thing in this day and age. Well, it is because there's a lot of people out there who proclaim be that person. I think if you just take a step back, and you sort of observe, you know, from from an observation point of view, you know, just you don't have to act immediately on all these kind of things. Like just be open to ideas, but you don't necessarily have to jump all over them. I'm a big one on business owners talk about being a student, not a follower. So get a lot of information from a lot of different people. Then make up your own mind based on the facts right? rather than just take for granted this is what someone said. So what that means is you've got to always be a student. As a business owner, you must be a student. You've got to try and learn every day. But the key thing is about the community, which is a great thing that you're building. You've got a good community there of trust and authority, and that's a great place to put a question out. Hey, guys, what do you think about this? Which is you know, one of the big things about your platform, which is a credit to what you're building. The businesses are different. Like There's different ways that you could build communities within different organizations. If you're a maintenance electrician or plumber, you're not going to have like a massive Facebook community where you're talking about like, you know, talking about electrical related things, but there's other ways that you can do it. So you just got to be creative and I suppose explore those different options and see what's going to work for you. It might be a newsletter or it might be like a, you know, some sort of meetup. I don't know, whatever it is. It's all about test and measure. 
Right, and that's the thing as well. Like, there's no, there's no right or wrong here. You've just got to split test things. Right. <laughs> and mate, just to finish up, what is the one or the best bit of advice that you've had on your journey to date? So very clearly that stuck out. That based on that advice, it really changed your trajectory and probably thinking. Best revelation that I had in the business was understanding my personality, and then how I can communicate with people, as we spoke about before. So that was important. That didn't necessarily come as a bit of advice that anyone gave me, but it's something that I learned which was very valuable along the way, which is why everyone just loves me, Matt. I love you. I, I can say it. Yeah, mm. pretty lovable. Who, who inspires you? Who are your mentors that you take advice or, you know, people that guide you through this journey? Yeah, I mean, I listen I li- I have listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, I've got some good people in my life. Um, Matt knows, you know, Peter Peter Cox quite well, so he's, he's helped me a lot over the years. And I listen to a lot of podcasts with people. So that's the beauty of podcasting. You can have these mentors and not pay them for it. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Ferriss. What, what are some of your favorites? Let's get a couple out there. Mate, for um, I love the Tim Ferriss podcast. Yep. And I love the guests that he has on the podcast. And a lot of – that's the other thing as well. You know, a lot of these um, – you can listen to something and they might have written a book. You know, the guest on the show may have written a book. So you can go and download the book and you can read the book and then you can learn from those people as well. So there's, there's lots of different ways that you can uh, – that you can get exposure to these things and things that as well, it may not be directly reflective of your business. There's a podcast I'm listening to at the moment, which is about storytelling. Now, that's not necessarily directly tied to a digital business. However, what I'm trying to learn there is how to communicate better. Yeah, of course. Right? So Every business owner needs to improve their storytelling. Right, right. So there's little things like that, you know, and you can pick that sort of stuff up and you can go and search for things that you want and you can effectively get that information just by just by looking for what you're after, you know. It's there. You just got to go find it. Um, in terms of mentors and coaches and stuff, like it's something that I've been so wary with this over the years because I've had so many business coaches, which to be honest, they've just really not cut it. Um, so it's, that's a work in progress, finding people that, are that can coach you the right way. Yeah. And it's great now because especially for like my community, we've got so many really, really good people, coaches, people with programs and things like that, that I can refer to people that are looking for certain areas in their business if they're tradies. So that's been, that's really powerful for them because it's kind of like I've filtered all this shit out for them. <laughs> well, that's why you're the authority. So they can come to you right. in that trusted, community no like and trust yeah and the great thing on your podcast you have interviewed a lot of people internationally and in america and overseas who have done very very well yeah and the people can again it's not just in their own little environment but they can really you know get a feel for what's happening internationally yeah and it's good like having guests you know on the show i mean guests like yourselves like it's something that you say communicates or um resonates with that person then they know where to get you that's why it's quite a powerful platform because it gives people that initial level of entry yeah no 100 percent, definitely well matt awesome to have you on board today thank you very much no worries and where to find matt we'll have in the show notes for the tradie web guys and the site shed podcast yeah yeah just oh you can find it through the site shed.com or it's obviously across itunes stitcher soundcloud wherever you consume your podcasting media oh very good he's done that before (laughs) but Really love, you know, we're passionate about the trading industry and mm. the more people that we can impact and improve their performance and improve their lives ultimately, then happy days. That's what we're really about. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's good as well, I suppose, working with people that have that same sort of drive, that same goal. Let's just smash it. Yeah, exactly.
Might have taken a page full of notes. Jonesy, great to have you in. No Jonesy, great to have you hosting. <laughs> Thanks, Bush. Thanks, boys. You've been listening to the Power Up Your Business podcast with our host, Matt Jones, and, of course, our special guest, Matt Jones. And no, they're not the same person. They look the same. They sound the same. Great advice. Listen in, tradies. Listen in, tradies.